What's up, guys? This is going to be our Cavs Knicks first round playoff uh, preview for you. This uh, series starts Saturday in Cleveland. First two games in Cleveland, uh, as the Cavs, the four seed, have home court advantage and look to hold that against the Knicks. Uh, Cavs are a slight favorite uh, against the Knicks, uh, especially with the uh, unknown. Uh, health of Julius Randle, at least as of the time of this recording on Wednesday. Uh, before we get into that, let's take a look at the NBA playoffs in the bracket. So uh, right now, as I'm recording this, the uh, the Bulls and the Raptors are playing right now in the 9-10 game. Uh, the other playing games, uh, there were two last night. So the Atlanta Hawks will now take on the Boston Celtics in the 2-7 matchup. Milwaukee waits for its uh, its uh, play, you know, playoff uh, opponent, uh, who will be the eighth seed. That will either be the Miami Heat, who lost in the play-in tournament, or uh, the Bulls or the Raptors. So the Bulls-Raptors winner will take on the Miami Heat, and the winner of that game will play the Milwaukee Bucks. Same thing in the West. The Lakers won the first play on uh, play in game last night, so they are the seventh seed. Uh, the Timberwolves lost. So the Timberwolves will now take on the winner of the Oklahoma City New Orleans Pelicans uh, game, and the losing team will be eliminated. So some really good uh, series here. If I have to pick it, uh, being kind of biased, I'm going with the Cavs-Knicks as the best series. I really like the Kings Warrior series. I think that's really entertaining. Uh, but for me, I think the next best series for the Cavs and the Knicks is going to be the Lakers and uh, the Grizzlies. I think that one's just got all sorts of uh, uh, cool storylines and uh, some animosity there. And, you know, not to look ahead to the second round, but if the Lakers could somehow get by the Grizzlies, you get a LeBron Steph Curry matchup if the uh, Golden State Warriors can knock off the Kings there as well. So it's we're talking a lot of ifs right now, but uh, that's a look at what the uh, playoff picture looks like as of uh, this recording on Wednesday for our show on Thursday. Now, to explain the play-in real quick, I'm, I'm not going to get too in-depth with this, but I'm going to use the East as the example. So the winner of the, Heat's ha the Heat-Hawks game last night uh, we'll play the Celtics. That was obviously the Hawks. So the Hawks are the seven seed. The Heat, being the seven in the seven eight game, have the advantage of you get two opportunities to try to win one. So the Heat will then play the winner of tonight's Bulls Raptors game uh, to determine who the eight seed is. Uh, basically, if you're playing in the nine ten game, you're eliminated if you lose. And if you're the 7-8 game loser, you still get one more opportunity. So that's kind of how that works uh, for the play-in tournament if uh, you weren't quite sure. Um, all right, let's get into, first of all, the Cleveland Cavaliers before we get our uh, playoff breakdown here. So uh, under owner Dan Gilbert, under general manager Kobe Altman and, and head coach J.B. Bickerstaff, the Cavs have really turned this around since uh, the LeBron James era Left. Now, we're in the fifth year since LeBron James left, and this is the first time the Cavs have technically made the playoffs. Last year, they made the play-in tournament, did not get in, uh, but you can see that from 19 wins um, to, I guess, 19 wins again in a, a 
you know, COVID shortened season there uh, to 22 wins in 2020-2021 uh, to 44 wins last year, doubling their output the year before, and now adding seven more wins on top of that this year. Uh, so just getting better and better each year with this really young core. So I'm not going to go through all of this. I'll put this out on social media, but uh, our Cavs, the rebuilding is is over. You know, this is a time now, hey, we're in the playoffs. Let's get after it. Um, I'll put this graphic out so you can see all the different moves uh, that Kobe Altman and his team have, have done to assemble the Cavs and, and get to this uh, this point. Um, all right, so let's first take a look at our playoff matchup against the New York Knicks. This is a very good team. They're not great, but they really don't play any bad players. There is just a lot of good quality on this team. Uh, their best player, I would argue, is Jalen Brunson, their point guard, number 11. Uh, best offseason move, probably, acquiring him from the Dallas Mavericks, who sorely missed him this year. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks went to the Western Conference Finals last year. This year, they didn't even make the playoffs. So uh, you can see they really, really missed his services. But 24 points, 3.5 rebounds, 6.2 assists per game. That's going to be the Cavs' number one goal is shutting him down uh, from the point guard position. Julius Randle mentioned him. Uh, two years ago was all NBA last year, struggled a little bit, but this year, very, very consistent. 25 points per game, 10 rebounds a game, and four assists per game. However, missed the last six or seven games with a uh, pretty bad sprained ankle. So his status, and again, I'm recording this on Wednesday, three days ahead of uh, the playoff game. His status is unknown. He has not played in several weeks. Uh, so if he can go, that gives the Knicks a huge boost. But uh, will he be himself? Uh, will he be on the court trying to push it and not, you know, not be able to do it? So all these are different factors. R.J. Barrett, we look at him from the shooting guard. Uh, can kind of be a small forward as well. Uh, really can score the ball. However, not a really good three-point shooter. So the Cavs would be advantageous to let him uh, shoot the three and, uh, you know, take their chances there, it, it, just in my opinion. Josh Hart, a huge pickup for the Knicks, a really good all-around player, more of a defender, um, but, you know, just kind of uh, does all the little things, uh, a real uh, Tom Thibodeau favorite. Uh, he averages 9.8 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, and nearly 4 assists per game. Quentin Grimes, really nice player, 11.3 points, 3.2 rebounds, 2.1 assists. Uh, you know, the Knicks just really just throw out a lot of really quality players out there. Emmanuel quickly could be up for the sixth man of the year. Uh, 15 points, four rebounds, three and a half assists per game. Mitchell Robinson, a big center, uh, could uh, pose some trouble for the Cavs. He's been getting better and better as the year goes on. Uh, but, um, you know, Mobley and Allen should be able to handle him inside. But like limiting their opportunities is key. In this series and cam reddish you know there's a lot of um, good and bad about him but i i don't a lot of Cavs fans wanted this guy early on from the small forward position i really don't think he's that much better than isaac okoro and actually 
from the defensive end, he's not better than Isaac Okoro. So um, we'll see what we get. But those are kind of the main eight guys for the Knicks. And usually when the playoffs start, your, your rotations shrink. Um, but two other guys who you could see play uh, and play decent minutes, Obi Toppin, obviously the, uh, the you know, small forward, more of a power forward from uh, the University of Dayton, a uh, couple years in the league now. Uh, I believe he has stepped in the starting role for Julius Randle, but not a huge impact player, at least um, at this point in his career. And another guy, a former Cavalier, at least for a short cup of coffee, was Isaiah Hardenstein, a uh, backup center who could really, uh, you know, make some nice plays and uh, really a good defender and uh, rim protector for the New York Knicks. So we look at the Knicks. Their defense isn't great, uh, averaging about 115, uh, giving up about 115 points a game, which is 19th uh, in the league. However, their offense is the third best offense in the league, scoring nearly 118 points per game. They were plus three overall, which put them at seventh best plus minus in the NBA for the entire season. Let's shift to the Cavs. 51 and 31 on the season. We know a lot about what the Cavs do, what they do well, but overall as an offensive team, pretty efficient. They don't play at a super high, you know, high tempo. One of the slower pace teams in the league. However, number nine offensive rating with 116 points per uh, 100 possessions. Uh, defense, clearly the number one defense in the league by several points. Uh, I think Golden State, uh, was one of the next best teams, and they were like three points behind them. Uh, they had a 5.6 uh, net differential, which was second best in the league, which years years past that number has been higher for um, some of the better teams. But uh, it just still shows the Cavs are the second best in net rating, which puts them uh, right up there in the class of the NBA with the Celtics, the Bucks. Uh, you know, in teams like that, the Nuggets, stat leaders for the Cavs, Donovan Mitchell, the huge offseason addition, 28.3 points per game. Jared Allen led the team in rebounds, 9.8 rebounds per game. Darius Garland, the do-it-all guard, uh, point guard, 7.8 uh, assists per game. And he is just, you got to love playing with that guy. He is, he is phenomenal. Uh, and Evan Mobley was not their stat leader in any of the big three categories. However, He's puts up big time numbers in uh, across the board in points, rebounds, uh, assists, steals, and blocks. We take a look at the Cavs month by month, and they were a really, really consistent team. Got off to a pretty hot start. Had a little bit of a you know an off month in January, going 500, but they did not go under 500 for the entire season, and really picked it up after the All Star game. Uh, in the you know the final months uh, of the year, going uh, twenty and nine to finish out the season. So um, the Cavs really really nice uh, season. But now is when the games mean the most. Let's take a look at the Cleveland Cavaliers Fab Four, the you know the the big four, the core four, whatever you want to call them. Uh, but obviously led by Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, the point guard, Evan Mobley is one of the best players in the entire league uh, from an all-around standpoint. And Jared Allen, you could say, is the anchor of that defense. So let's look at them player by player. Let's start with Donovan Mitchell. 28.3 points, 4.3 rebounds, 
4.4 assists. However, look at these shooting numbers. 48% shooting from the field, 39%, which was a career high from three, and 87% from the line. Here's some wow stats for him on the season. 13 40-point games, which uh, to end the season, he had four in a row, which was just amazing. So hopefully he continues that hot streak right in the playoffs. Uh, 245 made three-point field goals, which is the most in a season in Cavs history. And he also had that 71-point game versus the Chicago Bulls earlier this season on January 2nd. And versus the New York Knicks this season, nearly 32 points per game on 50.6 field goals uh, percentage, 46.8 from the three-point line, and uh, dished out seven and a half assists while also uh, collecting almost a steal and a half. Let's look at the point guard, the kind of the engine that makes this machine go. 21.6 points for Darius Garland, 2.7 rebounds, 7.8 assists, 1.2 steals. A really selfless player. Uh, his numbers uh, are really consistent from what he did last year. However, um, he's taken more of a backseat role with the Cavs, letting uh, Donovan Mitchell kind of take over the scoring load. However, uh, you know, he can get his points when he needs it, but he is a very selfless player and does whatever it takes to get this Cavs team to go and to win. Uh, so here's some wild stats from Darius Garland. Uh, him and Evan Mobley have this great connection. 152 assists from Darius Garland to Evan Mobley, which is fourth best in the NBA. He is 43.2% on deep threes, uh, which a deep three is quantified as 27 feet or more. Uh, and you had to have at least 50 attempts. He is number one in the NBA in that statistic. He had four 40-point games this season. He had a 51-point game, 46, 41, and 41, and he had 18-point assist double-doubles in 69 games played this season for the Cavs. Next up is Evan Mobley, one of the emerging stars in the NBA. Gets a lot of comparisons to... Uh, Kevin Garnett, Chris Bosh, uh, even Anthony Davis. Uh, stats won't blow you away, but uh, but just does everything really well. 16.2 points a game, 9 rebounds, 2.8 assists, and 1.5 and blocks. However, look at some of these stats. Led the league in dunks, which is pretty cool. First in contested threes, which means he defended or got out on 3.6 shots per game on three-pointers, which was number one in the NBA. Third in contested shots overall, 11.5 shots per game he contested, and third in defensive win shares, which should put him right up there for Defensive Player of the Year. The anchor of this defense, uh, Jared Allen, 14.3 points a game, nearly 10 rebounds, 1.7 assists, 1.2 blocks on the season. Offensively, right behind his teammate, Evan Mobley, was second in the league in dunks. Defensive centerpiece to the league's best defense. Uh, and 32 double-doubles this season in 68 games played, nearly 50% uh, ratio there for uh, games played and double-doubles for the big man out of Texas. One of the keys I have to this series is obviously both of these big men just doing what they do, but uh, when they are both on the court, the Cavs thrive defensively, but they must limit offensive rebounds by New York. When Evan Mobley has to play the center position, so Jared Allen basically needs to stay out of foul trouble, 
Uh, and we want Evan Mobley to play that four spot. Jared Allen, when he goes off the court, Evan Mobley is not quite as effective playing the five, but when he can play his natural four, uh, get out on three-point shots, crash the boards, do whatever he, he needs to do. He can switch on guards uh, and let Jared Allen be that rim protector. That is when the Cavs are at their best. So they must limit offensive rebounds by New York. Uh, the Cavs were not great in that category to end the season, and that's one area of concern I have. But if Evan Mobley and Jared Allen can uh, limit those offensive uh, rebounds and second-chance points by the Knicks, I really, really like the Cavs in this series. Now I'm going to go to my X factor. You might not... You might think I'm crazy for this, but I think the X factor is Isaac Okoro. I think Isaac Okoro's defense on Jalen Brunson, they're going to put their best defender, which is Okoro, on, well, at least uh, when it comes to guarding the uh, guards, uh, is going to be Isaac Okoro on Jalen Brunson. So when Isaac Okoro uh, played primarily on Jalen Brunson earlier in the season, Brunson struggled. When Okoro was out, Brunson thrived. So we want to see Isaac back healthy. Uh, and by all indications, he uh, if, if it were the end of the season and they needed him, he would have been in the lineup. But did miss the last few um, games of the season, but by all accounts is healthy and ready to go. So Isaac Okoro is my X factor in this series uh, on the defensive end. Some of the uh, key reserves for the Cavs, and again, they're going to limit their uh, rotation. So I expect to see, you know, the the main, I expect to see the starters, which includes Okoro. I expect Levert to be the sixth man, probably Rubio next. Uh, and then we'll see a, a combination of, of what they need. If they need some bigs, uh, if they need some guards, it could differ. Danny Green, watch out for Danny Green. He had a really nice end of the season for the Cavs. Uh, his, you know, his numbers don't stagger you, but uh, he is uh, a veteran, one of the few veterans on this team uh, that has a lot of playoff experience, obviously has a lot of championship experience. So we shall see what uh, Coach Bickerstaff chooses to do with his rotation. But uh, expect no more than eight guys to play unless people are in foul trouble or, God forbid, an injury. But that I expect... Uh, there should be uh, some really, really, um, you know, key minutes played by uh, Ricky Rubio, Karis LeVert, and then we will see who maybe eight, and I don't see him going much deeper than uh, a nine-man rotation in the playoffs. A couple did you knows. The Cavs led the league in dunks as a team, and they had the top two in the league. So Mobley, Allen, Rudy Gobert, when he's not getting punched uh, by his teammates, and Giannis Antetokounmpo were uh, the top four in that category in dunks made. But Evan Mobley and Jared Allen were the number one and number two dunkers in the NBA this season. And no surprise, the Cavs were number one in dunks as a team. Here's an interesting note, too. The Cavs' main rotational players have played in 82 games in the playoffs. That's it and have zero NBA titles combined. The non-rotational players have played in 235 playoff games and have four NBA titles combined. Uh, the longest tenured Cav 
is Jetty Osman, who is one of those non-rotational players. Now, he'll play here and there, but uh, not going to give you some huge minutes with his inconsistencies. But, you know, that includes Donovan Mitchell, who's probably played the most out of that group. But you really think about it, Donovan Mitchell has had some nice series and nice playoff uh, games. He's he's battle-tested. Darius Garland is not. Uh, Isaac Okoro is not. Evan Mobley is not. Jared Allen is not. Uh, so those guys are really going to be in for, uh, you know, an awakening here. But uh, I think they have like the moxie and the team camaraderie and just over the overall talent to get it done. Uh, so I, I think uh, this is going to be a high level of basketball coming at you this weekend. And I expect the Cavs to play some really, really good hoops. All right. A couple quick random um, facts about NBA and scoring this year. This is crazy. And and I went through it and I said, all right, um, you know, there's 81 games in a season. So I said a guy could miss up to, uh, or excuse me, 82. A guy could miss up to about 30 games and I'll count that. So uh, I made the minimum 51 games played. 48 players in the NBA this season that played 51 games or more averaged 20 points or more per game. 10 years ago, that number was 11, 11. So 37 more players, you know, this season uh, compared to 10 years ago, averaged 20 or more. Of those 48 players, seven of them averaged more than 30 points per game this season. So scoring is way, way up in the NBA. So here's a look at uh, 11 years ago, or excuse me, 10 years ago, the 11 players that averaged 20 points or more. Uh, there's a couple names that are still on that list today <laughs> with Durant, uh, LeBron, Harden, uh, Steph Curry, Kyrie, a lot of names that are still on that. But you see uh, some some big names of the past, Kobe, um, and uh, Mark Saldras was a nice player during his time, and Tony Parker, which is just crazy to think that Tony Parker was 11th in the league in scoring at 20.3. He would be around 50th now, uh, which is just insane. So here's the high scoring club. So six guys uh, were 30 points or more. Embiid, Doncic, Lillard, uh, SGA, uh, Antetokounmpo, and Tatum all averaged 30 points or more, which is those six guys. Uh, there was 11 in the 29.4 to 25 points. Uh, per game. Curry, LeBron, Donovan Mitchell was ninth, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, John Morant, Trey Young, Anthony Davis, Laurie Markkinen, former Cav, Julius Randle of the Knicks, and De'Aaron Fox at 25 points a game. I did not include Kevin Durant, who only played 47 games, or Zion Williamson, who only played 29 games this season. This is the list, and I'm not going through them all, of players that average 24.8 to 20 points per game, um, 31 of them. And I took out five of them because five of them didn't meet my 51 game requirement. So just an insane, insane amount of players scoring at a very high clip this year. Um, and the last player on this list is Paolo uh, Banchero, who will be most likely, well, by all accounts, the rookie of the year this year, no doubt. Which brings me to my NBA awards. Um, now, I went through and, 
you know, I, I made some exceptions and changed some things around. But uh, first of all, I gave honorable mentions to John Morant, Damian Lillard, Drew Holiday, um, and from the guard positions. From the forward positions, Kevin Durant and Laurie Markkinen, uh, I gave um, honorable mentions to that did not make this list. The centers were very easy to determine. Joel Embiid, I think, is going to be the MVP this year. Luke, um, your Nikola Jokic, your previous uh, MVP the last two seasons, and then Sabonis out of Sacramento is just a clear-cut number three um, center and third-best center in the league. Now, let's go through the first team. So each team has to have two guards, two forwards, and one center position. That's the way I did it. That's NBA votes that way. So I went, this is a lot of people probably won't agree with me on definitely one of these, but maybe two of these. I went with De'Aaron Fox and maybe a homer pick. I went with Donovan Mitchell uh, with on my <laughs> non-existent ballot. I also went with um, Jay, I also went with um, Jason Tatum and Giannis at my forward spots and Joel Embiid at my center spot. As I said, I think Joel Embiid is the MVP this year. Uh, for the second team. Now, I had SGA shot <laughs> Shea Gilgis Alexander at uh, the one guard spot. I had Luca at the other guard spot. Now, these teams finished 10th and 11th in the Western Conference. Um, otherwise, they might be higher on my list, but SGA definitely deserves to be on this. And I would have thought his team was maybe tanking at the beginning of the year, but he played well enough to uh, get his team into the play-in play game, so a possible playoff berth. Luka and the Mavericks were a huge disappointment, but Luka's season overall, uh, he is one of the top four guards in the NBA, in my opinion, uh, so he gets the second team spot. I went with Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, and Anthony Davis at the uh, power forward or whatever forward spots, the two best forwards. Uh, for the three and four spot for me, and then Nikola Jokic at the center position. And then for my third team, I went Steph Curry and Jalen Brunson, um, simply because Steph Curry, uh, that Warriors team would be nowhere without him. He is still putting up incredible numbers uh, at a upper age, and he's just doing, doing a fantastic job. Jalen Brunson, as I mentioned earlier for the Knicks, one of the best pickups uh, in the offseason. And then how can you not have LeBron James on an all-NBA team in his 20th season uh, surpass the all-time scoring record? That's not what gets you on this list for 2023 uh, all-NBA. However, he played just some great basketball, and he is, he is doing amazing things uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers to basically keep that team afloat, uh, especially when AD was out and... Russell Westbrook was a mess and all that stuff. And I put Jalen Brown as my um, other forward. You know, you could argue Kevin Durant or Laurie Markkinen for that spot, maybe others. But uh, I think just, you know, if if you're asking me to choose between those, I'm, I'm going with uh, Jalen Brown, just most consistent uh, player this season. And then obviously Sabonis from uh, the Kings. So the Kings, I have two all NBA guys for the Sacramento Kings this year, uh, which is pretty awesome as they end the longest playoff drought in major sports history this season. 
All right, here is my awards uh, I'm giving out this year. And again, you can argue with me. You can uh, you can disagree, and I I hope you do. You know, I I'd love to hear what you think. These are just my opinions. Um, so we'll see what you guys think. For the MVP, I have Joel Embiid, and I put money on it, so I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I have uh, Giannis uh, second and uh, Nikola Jokic third. Really doesn't matter the order as long as uh, Embiid finishes first. Um, and you can see here I have Mike Brown, former Cleveland Cavs, former Los Angeles Lakers coach, uh, lovingly, uh, you might call him Mr. Potato Head, <laughs> Um, but Mike Brown is uh, my coach of the year for the Sacramento Kings uh, this season. Moving over to defense. And then the next coaches, you can argue uh, between the Grizzlies, the Thunder, maybe um, Mazzullo from the Celtics. You could argue a bunch of guys, but uh, I'm going to go with Mike Brown as the clear-cut coach of the year. Defensive player of the year, I'm giving it to Evan Mobley. Again, maybe a homer pick by me, but... Uh, what he does for the Cavs is just incredible. A lot of people would say, uh, what about Brooke Lopez? I saw his odds were pretty high on uh, maybe like second or third best. Uh, but to me, it's like I would pick Drew Holiday or Giannis over uh, Brooke Lopez as the defensive player of their own team. Uh, Jaron Jackson the third. Uh, he's in foul trouble a lot. Doesn't play a whole lot of, of minutes. Um, and... I just think Evan Mobley's better and does more for his team. And then Draymond Green consistently year in, year out. I'm not a big fan, but he is a really good defender. So I put him in the top three here. Rookie of the year, uh, clear cut, uh, Paolo Banchero uh, for um, the rookie of the year. I don't even need to talk about uh, the other guys, but, uh, you know, Walker Kessler's in there and um, Jalen Williams uh, for the Thunder, really good seasons there. But uh, Banchero, clear-cut Rookie of the Year. Most improved player, I'm giving it to Jalen Brunson. Put him on the All-NBA team. And uh, again, I said it three times now, but best pickup of the offseason. <laughs> I will uh, put a caveat on that next to Donovan Mitchell. Um, also, Laurie Markkinen, most improved player in there. And Shai Gilgis-Alexander, SGA. Um he is uh, he's right up there and one of the, the best players in the NBA right now. I'm giving my sixth man to Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I think you could also uh, give it to a few other guys, but Malcolm Brogdon was, uh, for me, the clear-cut best uh, player off his team's bench for, um, for them. I also think uh, Malik Monk, could be put in there. Isaiah Quickly for the Knicks uh, has has done a lot of good stuff this year. So those are my picks for uh, NBA awards, top three. And again, you might disagree, you might agree, but that's what I'm going with. And finally here, uh, these are the teams that uh, either didn't make the playoffs or had one of the you know worst records in the league. And obviously, Victor... Uh, Wembenyana is the uh, main prize, the seven foot five guard, uh, which is just insane. So he will be uh, coveted by any of these franchises and, and hope. So I'm just hoping he lands in the Western Conference uh, so the Cavs don't have to deal with him on a you know four, five time a year basis. So that is, uh, 
you know, a look at the Cavs Knicks. That is a look at uh, some of my NBA playoff picks and some did you knows in there. Um, for the record, I put it out there. I am picking the Cavs to win in six games. So four games to two. And again, I put some, I put uh, a couple bets on that. So uh, I think it pays four to one right now, Cavs in six. Uh, so you can look at that. But uh, Cavs, I believe, are six and a half point favorites to open up uh, on Saturday. So we will see what they do. But uh, go Cavs. Let them know. Let's get it done. And uh, we'll see you in Cleveland.